The swamp without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis. Of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome back to MASH Minute, where we analyze the 1970 Robert Altman film one minute at a time. I'm Megan Coleman. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci, back for another one. Hi, Mike. Hello. Mike Reed joins us. He's escaped Oz. Whoa, it's almost like that was the point of one of the stories we talked about. (laughs) Mike and I did return to Oz Minute together. What feels like a million years ago, but really was not that long ago. No, we wrapped it up two years ago. Wait, that's no, that sounds about no, two years ago. No, that sounds about right because I, yeah, yeah, that was my first podcast. Oh, that's right. We had you guessed yes, on right. our podcast. Yeah, I guess it was because I remember when we finished, I was very pregnant with Patrick and I had the sparkling fruit juice from Ikea to celebrate with. <laughs> Hey, that sparkling juice is good. Oh, yeah. It is good, actually. It is good stuff. <laughs> Those Swedes know what they're doing. <laughs> the Swedes know what they're doing, but Henry Blake does not. Oh. Damn, I'm good at this. <laughs> Today, we have gathered to talk about Minute 98, which starts with Henry's grand football idea, and it ends with, the football game has begun! I put an exclamation point on it, just in case. Woohoo! You know, people didn't know to be excited about this. <laughs> It's impossible to not be excited. We're going to get to talk about John Philip Sousa today, but we should probably stick with football practice first. Finish that up. At least a little bit. So Blake thinks they should probably have some plays. You know, like they have in football. (laughs) (sighs) I very much enjoyed. So the games I played in high school were Powder Puff, which is girls teams, juniors versus seniors. Seniors always won. It was more how much did you need to make them cheat? was a point of pride for the juniors. <laughs> but, and the coach was whoever your class advisor was, which worked out very well for us because one of our, I don't remember Stephanie's last name, but she was a gym teacher. So it's like, okay, cool. And then the other one was the younger guy. So it's like, we're going to be fine. But bless their hearts. They were trying to come up with plays. And it's just like, no, 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 no. We're going to get the ball to the person who's a track star all state and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> And I actually was in a play that, no, I'm going to save it for later in this movie because it's actually incredibly relevant during a later part of the game. Okay. But it was one of the best, like, something out of a movie moments of my life. (laughs) So there's a fun teaser. I do like that Jones is taking this responsibility of being the only person good at football here seriously. Like, he came up with some. He really thought through what they can do. He came ready with them. Already written out. I mean, he's not just going along for the ride like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm a ringer. I don't need to prepare or do anything. Well, he wants the team, you know, team to do something, too. 
and then Henry. Uh, what are these <laughs> little arrows? What are these arrows? I don't, after he said like the last two players were like, oh, that looks good. Oh, that looks good. Like, you yeah. don't know what you're doing. It's all right. Yes, exactly. Thanks for making that obvious. <laughs> the best football analysis since Charlie Brown asked Peppermint Patty, are we the zeros or the X's? <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's a really good, you know, it's so funny because they, you see them in sports movies all the time and I still don't understand half of them. <laughs> oh, can I plug Little Giants? Can that be on streaming somewhere? Dear Ooh. universe, for the love of God, Little Giants is a great movie. Why is it not everywhere? Isn't that a, that wasn't that the Disney football movie? Or is that, uh... I don't know if oh. it was Disney, though. It was Rick Moranis, but... No, it was, it was Warner Brothers. Yeah, uh. and that's the problem. It's, like, nowhere. But everyone in our generation knows what I'm talking about when I mention it. So, clearly there's an audience for it. Yeah, who... Folks, it's basically the Mighty Ducks, but with football. With peewee football instead. It's awesome. And with Becky the Icebox, which she's an idol. Becky the Icebox? Yeah. Yeah, it's real good. Like, you can rent it, but it's not... Yeah, boo! It's not even with Prime! Come on! Well, and <laughs> for a long time, you couldn't even buy it anywhere. Like, it just didn't exist. And then it was like, okay, well, you can get it in this DVD set with a bunch of other things. I hate that crap. <laughs> I just want the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the Big Green. Big That's Green. That's the Disney one. But it's not football, it's soccer. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Sports expert Mike Carlucci. (laughs) What about Air Bud Golden Receiver? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So many dog movies. So little time. (laughs) The the only dog sports movie I need is The Sandlot. Oh. Which someday I'm going to get to talk about in podcast form. So, Megan, that all just volunteered you as a guest. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Let's do it. Actually, Mike, I should bring you and a bunch of the other uh, Banished to the Pen guys and have you, like, analyze the kids' swings and stuff. <laughs> that could be really fun. Like, do scouting school on the Sandlot kids. <laughs> it could be. Oh, here's a movie that could be on Disney+. Plus. Gus, from 1976, starring Don Knotts and Ed Asner. Good start. It's oh, a center character is Gus, a football playing mule. Wow. It says the film did well at the box office and was released on home video in 1981. All right. So listeners, if you have seen Gus, we want to hear all about it. I have to take us back huh. to baseball for one quick second. Sure. And if you've seen the movie Rhubarb, you need to let me know too. It is about a movie where a wealthy heiress or heir or so- someone really wealthy leaves their baseball team that they own to their cat. And so the cat is the owner of the baseball team. And there's a poster for the movie in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I've kind of been obsessed with it (laughs) since I first saw it because the concept is so delightful to me. (laughs) But I guess we could talk about football again. The, The Little Arrows is a lovely cue for cut to the football game. And this is where we get our John Philip Sousa. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. So first, I have to tell them the thing I learned doing research for this, because I recognize the song. Everyone recognizes the song. This is the Washington Post March, or I guess it's officially just called the Washington Post. It is a march composed by John Philip Sousa. So it's composed in 1889. Guess why? 
It actually was written for the newspaper, the Washington Post. It was requested by the owners of the Post newspaper. Oh, I got names. Frank Hatton and Beriah Wilkins. Great names. Requested that John Philip Sousa compose a march for the newspaper's essay contest award ceremony. The first the first people to be honored <laughs> with this march had won an award writing an essay for the Washington Post in the 1880s. And it's used a lot because it is in the public domain. Woohoo, even better. <laughs> that, that was one of my notes. Oh, I, I defer to the expert. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm most familiar with it from, uh, you know, hearing it like at one of those miniature uh, merry-go-rounds at the mall. Like mm. you'd always, you'd always hear it playing. So the public domain is great, everyone. Public <laughs> domain. It is kind of wonderful. <laughs> you can get out your soapbox if you want. It, it's fine. I've done it for much less important things than <laughs> copyright. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually still reading the Wikipedia page about Gus. <laughs> They tie it into Herbie the Love Bug, the Lindsay Lohan one. Wait, the Lindsay Lohan version? Wow. What? Universe, what are you trying to do to us? (laughs) The name Hank Cooper in Gus was then used in the 97 reboot of the Love Bug as Bruce Campbell's character. Oh. Yeah, who meets Herbie. And when Herbie goes to goes bananas, a party goer is wearing an an Adams jersey uh, in the masquerade ball scene. Huh. I don't remember a masquerade ball scene, but now I kind of want to rewatch it. So Ed Asner played Hank Cooper, who was then for some reason referenced in the Herbie movie. It's all coming around. Beautiful. Everything is connected. We are all one with the galaxy. (laughs) So if you're starting at minute 98, go back to 97 and you'll understand why we're talking about Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) Yes! Look, there's no wrong time to bring up Lindsay Lohan. She gave us so much and so many questions as well. Yeah. I don't even know what she's doing these days. I assume she's okay, but yeah. I hope she's okay. You know what? I hope we don't know what she's doing because she's just like chilling, watching TV in her house and fine. And fine. That would make me really happy if Lindsay Lohan was just like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to be famous anymore. It did not go well. I'm just going to be here. I kind of doubt it, but it would make me really happy. That's my favorite when famous people are just like, you know what? I'm done doing that. Thanks for all the money. See ya. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the latest headline involves um, King John. Oh, I don't ever say his name right. Apparently someone suggested somebody else could be her and people got mad and understandably have you seen that mass singer show i have not seen that mass singer show but apparently people think she might be the ladybug oh so i guess there's a giant ladybug who sings on this show and people think it might be Lindsay lohan i mean she was a singer she she was I don't know anything about The Masked Singer or most. I mean, I knew it was a show. Running. I knew Hulu said I should watch it, and I was like, no, I'm going to go watch MASH instead. So sorry, Hulu. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have other ideas today. <laughs> My ideas never involve watching people compete while singing, like, or displaying their talents. Yeah. Apparently. Like, I'm happy for them that they've got talent, but I don't need to watch it. Oh, so that's why you watch the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Out! <laughs> Get off my podcast! <laughs> 
You don't come into my house. <laughs> oh my god! Push me it. around. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Sorry, dearie. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. <laughs> oh. Megan, do you remember when we saw someone in a in the in the Browns jersey at PAX East? And I like ran up and was like, I really like your shirt. And he was so happy. He was. He was so happy. I mean, I'm bringing joy to the world. What are I- the Pats doing? <laughs> I don't even follow football, like pro football anymore. College football is a lot more interesting. (laughs) College football is a lot more interesting. Following any football whatsoever gives me the major guilt because playing football is not actually good for anyone. I mean, right now they're just running onto the field. So no one's gotten injured yet. But that's because they're just doing like their warm up calisthenics. Head injuries are a thing, and it's not great. And so children should not be playing football, and arguably adults should not be playing football as it currently is played. Do you want to know something funny, Tierney? At Dartmouth, when I've gone by football practice, they don't tackle. It's kind of weird. Because tackling is not good for human beings or other living creatures. (laughs) No, I know. But I mean, it's like, really, it's like, you know, they almost tackle, but they don't. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. okay, like, that's good for you. But it's also like, are you going to get more hurt because the other team probably tackles? (laughs) Go, go, Green. Yay. (laughs) I did love Powderpuff was flag football, but we got a little bit rough. And I remember in a practice, Sarah, who... So my last name is Steele. Her last name was Staniszewski. We were next to each other from age 11 on. So we were very competitive with each other. And she kind of tackled me and ended up with her arms around my waist. And I was so stubborn that I just ran with her like that, dragging her across the field for like way longer than the coach thought it was going to go on. Yeah, that's my soapbox moment. You know, as much as I was just promoting the movie Little Giants, like, I am flag football all the way if you gotta do it. And come on, like we wouldn't, like, watching the pros play flag football, couldn't that be awesome? Can you just picture it? Can you picture if, like, Notre Dame ran onto the field with the gold glinting in the sun and the band playing and the things going and the tartan swinging but then they had like the flags flapping off their waist <laughs> it'd be amazing <laughs> in flag football can you like not tackle so that's probably not the right word but can you bring down the quarterback like you know how you're not supposed to tackle the quarterback when they have the the i the, the ball in their hand can you in flag football like are you allowed to just <sighs> steal their flag because i don't think so maybe they don't have Here's the thing you have to understand. We played incredibly dirty. So I'm not sure what the actual rules (laughs) Rules were. were. Yeah. So I injured myself during practice and I had a sprained wrist. And being an idiot junior, I had an ace bandage on it wrapped. And I was wearing a sweatshirt. Like I thought it was mostly covered. But one of the seniors saw I had a bandage on my wrist. And when we went, because if you were on the line, you like, you cross your arms across your chest. And then you're just kind of like trying to push past each other. She saw that and pushed her shoulder against it so that it bent my wrist back against my chest it i thought i was gonna pass out when we went to the line on the next page on the next play these two girls and i feel awful i do not remember their names my friend jerry would they were like which one was it and it was like this little tiny blonde petite nothing of a girl and they like flattened her it was amazing (laughs) 
No one touched me again. (laughs) Anyway, that's my glory days of football. I was in all but three plays of that game, so it's very imprinted on my memory because I played both offense and defense because I was one of the few people who had, you know, half a clue what she was doing out there. And my best friend Jerry was the center, so I helped her practice a lot. And so that's why I knew kind of what to do. Oh, it's, it looks like you can't rush the in flag football. You have to wait. Yeah, it's. I don't think you can. It makes but sense. But then any number of players can rush the quarterback. So free for all. <laughs> players not rushing the quarterback may defend on the line of scrimmage. There you go. Thank you for looking up actual real things. You're welcome. There's like a crap load of more rules than you would think. But that's maybe not a bad thing. Yeah, I was doing the same thing, and it's surprisingly intense. Apparently, you need a quarterback who can run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't seem to be something pro football cares about, right? (laughs) You've seen Tom Brady try to run? It's hilarious. It's pathetic. It's so pathetic. I mean, (laughs) Tom, maybe you'd be a good marathon runner, but, like, come on. It's football. You need someone like Mahomes who can run. Come on. (laughs) I love the Chiefs. Anyway. (laughs) I'm glad we could bring it back around to things we actually know about football. <laughs> I have to say, I do, I do like. Well, we, I haven't watched too much football yet, but this season. But the Chiefs last year were a lot of fun to watch. My favorite was when I texted you earlier this week. Very irate. Oh, right. Why are my upstairs neighbors drunk? And neither of us realized until our friend who lives out in Western Mass was like, because of Monday Night Football. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it was like, oh, yeah. Oh. And I think back, I was like, oh no, am I a coastal elite? <laughs> so yeah, apparently my upstairs neighbors enjoy the football more than we. I should have gotten them down here. <laughs> I know. I think I said something like, "Wow, even the Dartmouth students aren't drunk on Monday." <laughs> like, I mean, they're drunk a lot, but not that much. <laughs> well, I bet a lot of these players on the field are probably drunk or some semblance of or at least on our on our team yes on the mash team so we see we see this is the um 325th evac hospital i'm assuming they're playing at their stadium because it looks a little nice (laughs) we can talk more about the playing when we see more of the game and some of the players because there are some very famous football players in this scene actually people whose names i recognized and i think we've established that that's impressive (laughs) but we have the march we have players running on we get the contrast between their cheerleaders are cheerleaders their warm-ups are warm-ups and then we get not only the coin flip but the little pray for us scrum yes <laughs> on his what is that a missile yeah was that what they called the little tiny bible i i think it's just a bible oh okay anyway again i only know the movie rudy and my own personal experience <laughs> like i don't know are they gonna run inside they're gonna run outside they're gonna run inside outside inside outside when we get him on the run, we're going to keep him on the run. We're not going to stop until we cross that goal line. Um, and this minute ends with, well, the evac player catching it. And so the game is on, but the aide says, oh, good job. And so this is the return of Hammond's aide. And I just want to remind all our listeners to keep an eye on the relationship between Hammond and the aide because I have theories. Okay. I'm just saying he's in love with the man. Okay. <laughs> 
he kind of reminds me of Flag a little bit, like just how, how the eight yes. looks, right? Like not how he acts, because he's he's way too like Flag's very self confident and doesn't need to rely on anyone. But this guy clearly needs to rely on Hammond, you know? Yeah, but he has it's that the look. sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> he's very mysterious. Yes, Mike, did you have any other notes? Anything that popped to mind? Let's see. Is there anything else? John Philip Sousa. Oh, very briefly when they ran out. For no apparent reason, I thought, how did they get all this stuff on the island? Because for like half a second, I thought this was Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I don't know why. And then it just sort of went away. Aww. I mean, this is probably somewhere in Malibu, right? It's my guess. but Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, now I want Gilligan to be like in the crowd. Like, and never commented upon. Just there. We would know. Just a guy in a bucket hat. <laughs> It's a look. <laughs> and I asked if you had anything else for this minute because I was going to ask you kind of if there was anything else in the movie you wanted to talk about or what you really thought of the movie. I mean, you mentioned you'd seen Altman before, but what did you think of MASH? Well, I, as my only actual MASH exposure, exposure, like I know most people like got their MASH from the TV show. It was interesting. And different and not at all. It, like, the movie wasn't really what I expected it to be based on hearing about MASH, but I know it's different from, from the television version. Yeah, it's definitely a darker humor. But it definitely feels like it feels Altman-y in, the, in its depictions. So I don't know. I, I, uh, I enjoy the Robert Altman vision of MASH, I guess. Nice. It's so funny. Our guests are so split. Yeah. And and it's not, very few people have been like, ah, I didn't really feel one way or another. <laughs> We're probably the ones that are the most like that. <laughs> uh, depends on what mood I'm in when you ask me. I've never seen any other, like, I've never seen the television show, though. So I don't know, like, if that's, I, I don't know if that would influence me differently. But this seems like a, a pretty, like, it's a solid Altman style uh, alt vehicle. Well, I always point out it's very much a product of its time. Like, it's, it's very anti-Vietnam without saying the word Vietnam. Didn't you try and claim that you were going to talk about Apocalypse Now the whole time instead of MASH? <laughs> that is more its kin than other war comedies, I would say. Yeah, going into the heart of darkness. You just replace um, what, Flight of the Valkyries with John Philip Sousa. <laughs> Oh my goodness! He's watching the he's watching his uh, ceiling fan go around. <laughs> oh, that that's the wrong march. That's mm -hmm. okay. That's, uh... That one I know the words <laughs> for a duck. Maybe somebody's mother. <laughs> she lives all alone in a swamp. <laughs> John Philip Sousa's rolling in his grave. Like, they're all different songs. I think John Philip Sousa did okay for himself during his lifetime, though. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. haven't. I didn't read that much about him for this, but my general understanding is that he did fine. <laughs> John Philip Sousa died penniless. Uh oh. No, I I, I meant that. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Oh no! Do I have to make a fake news joke in a m episode in which we talk about the Washington Post? Are we gonna get topical? No, you don't need to Thank make it. Thank you. I will just tell our listeners that they should check out the movie The Post, which I found to be excellent. All about the publishing of the Pentagon Papers back in the day. And it's a perfect lead-in if you are also interested in watching All the President's Men. Which is a good one. 
And uh, I guess I will turn it over to our guest if he would like to plug some things. They could be things that he has created, podcasts he has done, or Meryl Streep movies. You know, whatever you're interested in. <laughs> Meryl Streep movies? Uh, well, uh, we said on episode uh, 97, uh, co-hosted Return to Oz Minute. You can always find that at returntoozminute.com or weogtiogpiog.com. Oh, nice. <laughs> What is it? It's, it's 2019 now, sometime in 2020. Keep your eyes out for Home Alone Minute. I'll be doing this same thing, oh, except with Home Alone. I'm so excited for that. One minute at a time. <laughs> I remember you talking about that back in the day. Finally here. Yeah, it just took took some convincing because I needed my brother to do it. I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't do a Home Alone podcast without him. Aww. <laughs> Wrangling siblings can be tough. That's why I podcast with Megan instead. Aww. My sister will not be on my podcast and it makes me so angry. <laughs> I've come up with so many ins for her. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this would be great. And here's how you could do it. And just slap down every time. So no, none of your podcasts? No. Not even She's done none of no, them. Not, not even Joe versus the Volcano? No. No, that you was the think... latest one I got denied on. Oh, okay, because I was say, match, you know, maybe it's a little dark for her or something, but, you know, Joe vs. Nope. Volcano's a little, well, not a little, it's a lot lighter. <laughs> <laughs> nope, Elaine did the music for Return to Oz Minutes opening little ditty, yep. and then that was the end of her involvement in podcasting. <laughs> oh, no! She doesn't, she doesn't want to be one of us, what? <laughs> These things happen. We have each other. <laughs> we have each other. It's okay, Tony. <laughs> and uh, let me check when this is coming out because you and I are going to be representing MASH Minute out in the world. We are going to be at PAX Unplugged. Thank baby Jesus. Yes. <laughs> in Philadelphia, December 6th through 8th, Megan will be the one waving a little flag of freedom and playing a John Philip Sousa march as she <laughs> walks around. <laughs> no, so Megan has been to PAX Unplugged before and loved it, which is why she's excited to be going I was back. At the and this will I was be at my the first inaugural one. PAX Unplugged, and then I couldn't go last year because my baby was too little. Whatever. The grand return of Megan Coleman to PAX Unplugged. And to Philly. Oh, I love Philly. Oh, I... Oh, I love yes. Philly. I'm so excited the, the Minute by Minutes podcast meetup next year is in Philly, too. Yes! Yep. All Philly all the time. There's no good way to get to Philly, but I'm excited anyway. <laughs> once you're there, it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, once you're there. But getting there, it's like, uh, yeah. Movies by Minutes does an annual meetup, and 2020 will be in Philly in August, and we will be in Philly in December. So either of those times, if you see us, I've got MASH freebie giveaways that I will have with me. You got to come find me. And then you can have them. And then if you wish to purchase a t-shirt or something like that, because I am not rolling in enough money to give away t-shirts of my podcast, you can go to mashminute.com, click on the link for merch, and that will take you to our Tee Public store. You could also search in the Tee Public store, but if you've ever tried to search in that, it's not the greatest. I mean, you'll find cool stuff. It just might not be what you were looking for. <laughs> and... Yeah, and obviously Mash Minute has links to other things like these episodes, like information on our guests and all the links to their fun stuff that they do. And feel like there should be a way to wrap this around to come back tomorrow um, for more Mash Minute. Because 
Mike, I really miss having an outro. <laughs> I did not realize what a beautiful crutch that was. <laughs> You're 98 minutes in. Oh, no. I know what I want to do for the outro today. Okay, what? Weog. Teog. 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 Aww. Perfect. Peog. <laughs> 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 <laughs>